Welcome to the Better You Podcast, a show about maintaining healthy habits, living well, and the people who do both in their personal and professional lives. Hey everyone, Sean here. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Sabina Saxena. Sabina is a serial entrepreneur whose businesses focus on improving community through technology. We're going to spend some time answering the questions of how does Internet of Things and technology improve community and where are the spots where it's actually more of a hindrance? We'll then dive deeper on nonprofit organizations and their role in preparing the next generation to help us solve the problems of tomorrow. Sabina, welcome to the Better You podcast. Thank you, Shauna. I am super pumped to be here, super excited. Oh, I can't wait to catch up. It's going to be a lot of fun. I guess before we dive deep in any of the questions, what's new in the life of uh, Sabina today? Oh my God. You know, um, I don't know whether I mentioned this to you, but I've been saying this for the last couple of years that I have, this is my third phase of my life, mm. <laughs> education, making money and fame. <laughs> and now it's about giving back. That's really my calling right now. Not to mention uh, a kid who is ready to get to college. We're in the middle of college applications. <laughs> uh, we are planning a move back to Minneapolis as soon as he gets to college next year. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh, Sabina. Yeah, I cannot wait to come back home. This monthly trips 10 days out to Minneapolis is not cutting it for me. It, it had to, you know, I had to do with it. We need to have a, a party to celebrate <laughs> when y'all come back. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, just broadening, um, you know, in, I'm in a lot of non, like three nonprofits I'm engaged with, uh, started one in the pandemic and which is all tech based, uh, driving tech equity in Minnesota. The other is as a board chair of Towerside Innovation District, the only one in hundred in the world, which is straddles the Twin Cities, by the way, which has the Surly Brewery and Malcolm Yards, all of that cool stuff happening in there. Very cool. And the other one is Project Success. That's also about, you know, empowering youth to for their lives. Anyway, so that's my my story. But also on a personal level, it's also my my own growth journey a little bit now. Like saying, okay, you know, is spirituality. I I am a very spiritual person, but never had the time. <laughs> so how do I give that part of my life wings? I love it. I want to double click on <laughs> on the giving back side. You know, one of the things I I met a guy one time who uh, Chad Meng Tang. His work was all, all around giving and giving back. This idea of charity and really this idea of one of the best ways to achieve your own personal equilibrium is by helping others. I'd love to dive deeper. Tell me more on so you mentioned some of the charities and nonprofit work you're doing. What what role kind of does that giving back, you know, you know, play? I'd love to just hear some stories of maybe it's specific groups or specific things that you're doing that would fall in that category. You know, my my thing about giving back is not really charity. I don't have millions of dollars stashed away that I can give away. Sure. Um, you know, I don't have a lot of I have time, but I want to give back my time in a very productive manner. So yeah. I want to bring my decades of experience in corporate and global, you know, corporate world, as well as my uh, experience as an entrepreneur that continues uh, and leveraging all of that into giving back, right? So the roles that I'm playing or that I've assumed is kind of an intersection of all of that. So uh, I joined my first actually um, um, nonprofit organization I joined 
And I'm always looking for purpose. How does that align with me as an individual and what I have done in my life? So it was, is Project Success, which is a uh, Minneapolis-based organization, focuses on middle school and high school kids in the full district of Minneapolis public schools. And is really about giving them uh, a purpose, helping them find their purpose, whether it's higher ed or you know, lots of different certifications yeah. and growth with dignity and respect. Yeah. And uh, then the pandemic happened. And during the pandemic, as you know, that my ecosystem uh, in Minneapolis was all about tech, right? IoT and smart cities. So I was already galvanizing that for my startup. But then when the pandemic happened and it underscored the role of technology in all our lives, irrespective of who we were, where we came from, and George Floyd's murder and the race card that showed the disparity and the lack of access to many, many communities. And Smart North was born out of that, which is an organization I founded, or I should say co-founded with a bunch of other tech entrepreneurs, as well as the University of Minnesota. And that is really my life fuel right now, <laughs> is, um, is how do we bring tech equity and access to the 21st century skills to every uh, middle school, high school kid, every, actually I would say underserved community. So what we've done is in the last two years, uh, set up community tech hubs, really physical spaces in the George Floyd Square neighborhood in Deer River, which is an indigenous community. And we are, we've equipped them with like this latest technology and we are training kids and, and now in the next phase, women in cybersecurity, AR, VR, metaverse, drones, like, AI, you know, and trying to work with the school system to bring this all to them. Uh, the women is my next chapter, like how do now we open the community tech hubs beyond youth to women, and that's what I'm working on right now. So that's my second piece. And the last one is really about Towerside, which was, again, a smart city-linked piece, saying how to, in an innovation district. But I've now become the board chair, and it is the only innovation district in the region, and I would say probably in the world, which is about developing a replicable model of urban development that's sustainable, equitable, and climate friendly. And, um, you know, so it's all aligned with my background, the skills I can bring to bear. And I'm playing roles that are more like a executive director, CEO kind of role, which, as you know, I, I like to do and I've done in the past. It so fits like a glove. Absolutely. It fits like a glove. <laughs> but yeah. And, and. <sighs> In Smart North, we launched the first Smart Street Lights project in Minnesota in Grand Rapids. So, you know, I continue the smart city experience and platform that I've built my expertise in over the last decade. I love this, Sabina. You know, looping looping on one idea that I remember, I, I forget where I read it, but, you know, uh, it was the high school that Bill Gates got to attend when he was, you know, a youth a long time ago, had access to a computer. Yeah. And it was one of the few ones in the country that had access to this computer. And so every day he would stay after school and work with the computer and try to try different things and see what was possible. And so when you create access, you imagine if that had never been there, right? You, who knows where, where that would have wound up with Microsoft would have even you know been a product, yeah. and a company. And so thinking about the work y'all are doing in terms of providing access to youth, women, to underrepresented groups in technology, it's the only way I think for we can really flip the script around tech and create a, an inclusive environment. I, I love it. That's spectacular. Yeah. I just want to add a couple of things because to me, it's tech is there. It's great. It's going to happen irrespective. 
my mission is to change two things. One, how do we create a level playing field in the 21st century tech economy for people who don't have access? So for wealth creation, yeah. better paying jobs and careers, entrepreneurship. And, and that's really the empowerment. And then in AI, like, you know, with the tech world, you want representation. The, the algorithms we are going to build uh, need that representation. So for me, and, and why not? Why can't Deer River, a small community in rural Minnesota, be the AI hub for Minnesota? You know what I'm saying? That's that's my vision and my hope. <laughs> Maybe to loop on that for one one second and to call in a very you know current event. I would say last month, OpenAI made a lot of news, right? For yeah. <laughs> for what seemed like a head turning saga of what was going to happen, and now their board. I don't know if you saw in the past few weeks, their board is is left. Without yes. a lot of that representation, I'd be curious. Do you have any thoughts if yeah. if the friends at OpenAI are listening? What are some ways they could potentially remedy that disparity? You know, I followed that saga very closely. I even heard Satyana Daly's interview post that with Kara Swisher on a podcast called On. Um, and my belief is that the two the the two p- uh, women on the board who represented non corporate non um, commercial rep representation were actually scared about AI, right? They were not, they were not um, comfortable with the speed at which open AI was commercializing, you know, the, the AI piece. And I agree on that at some extent, but you know, this is a force that we can stop. What I would love open AI to really do is to make sure that they have representation in the team. I don't know what the team construct there is, yeah. uh, but I know that the partnership with Microsoft will bring in the representation because Microsoft is a very diverse organization. Yep. But I, I would just want a couple of things. One, that there's a scare out there about AI. So how do we demystify and educate people and make it accessible? So SmartNot is 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 launching an AI platform which you know anybody can join and kids can join and we'll have moderators and stuff. Cool. But then representation is is my key thing. If they can do that and, and educate and demystify it, which is a nonprofit and social impact side. Let's carry people along. That's that's my ask. And Microsoft has the legs and the bandwidth and the platform to help OpenAI do that. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> I love it, Sabina. I think it's a good take. Looping back a little bit, I want to talk on you know smart campuses and smart cities. I'd be curious to get your take. You know, better you we focus on a lot of different dimensions of health, including social health. What are some of the benefits of being more connected? And do you see that tying in to social health and well-being? Oh, my God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I have, two, I have two kids, as you know. And I know that uh, when my older one didn't have access to phones because the iPhones were still very expensive and she didn't have. But my son was much younger. It's a balance you need to draw, right? So on one end, there are the kids, the millennials or the Z, X, Y, Z, whatever that generation is called. Well, you know, uh, my son's generation, I was, because we're in the middle of this college applications, um, they've been called the Gen uh, P, which is the generation of the pandemic. Because in freshman year, they were all on Zoom, right? Yeah. Um, so that has implications. Well, you know, I, I come from India. I grew up in a community setting with joint families, uh, big social gatherings. Every, you know, every small uh, celebration was almost a neighborhood community celebration. So I'm a big believer that uh, having community and your health is linked to how you are connected to your community, really. Because you can only do so much on your own. 
Uh, and then if you look at the blue zones, and Dan Butner is a Minnesota guy, right? The, the founder of that concept. He talks about the same thing that, yes, you can improve your diet. You can improve your exercise. You can do whatever. But that, that X factor or that magical portion is the social aspect of it. Uh, and I feel like it's coming back. I think contradictory to popular belief. I Like I see my son, who is a senior, and his set of friends, not only him. And they have a good balance. Like he is on his phone, but he's also going out. Yeah. They are doing stuff together, you know, concerts or whatever it may be. And he looks forward to a Friday evening or a Saturday evening. So I love that. I think it's coming back. Like, like everything does. It's so cyclical. So I, I have faith. <laughs> I have faith and I have belief. Socialization is so important, right? The things that we want to do together. I, I love that. That's a great, that's a great take. And then, you know, on me, like one more aspect yeah. is I'm, I'm the sandwich generation. So I have taken care of aging parents. Oh, so yep. my mom lives by herself in, in Chicago. My mom-in-law just moved um, to San Francisco because we lost, you know, she lost her husband. And uh, so, so the, the point is that for them, loneliness is a huge issue. So if you look at the, the entire span of these generations, um, they don't have any health issues, but they are dying to engage, hmm. you know, and how do you find community for them is another yeah. big aspect of, of, of them aging healthy and spending the time productively, I would say, and happily. I've seen a lot of initiatives coming out of, you know, the major fortune 500 companies specifically around that demographic of, you know, aging yeah. in place. Folks don't want to have to go other places. They want to be at home. So what can you do? How can you equip the home with IOT devices, et cetera? to enable folks to kind of live their, their best life. And if something does happen that we know about it and can get help to you, but you can still experience life in the environment you want to be in. I have a startup done that, you know that, right? It's not only the fortune. Five. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's on a little bit of a dormant side because, you know, of the move to San Francisco, but it's called all as well. Yep. And it's all about that demographic and, and similar demographics who are homebound because of either age or, um, you know, medical conditions. Um, so <laughs> I love it. I love it. Samina. So it's funny. That was literally the next question I've got is that all of your ventures seem to be wellness focused. We have city life, which we link to social health and community and then all as well on the physical social side. Why do you gravitate towards wellness? Why is that an important part for you? And you think of, you know, your startup journeys. My interest in that became personal when my daughter joined, went to college. Yeah. And I saw the lack of sleep, diet, the impact on her mental health, you know, not social because she had a bunch of friends, but just that, you know, college puts a lot of demands on you. You're out there and some schools are more hard and school she went to was a hard school, yeah. both climate wise and <laughs> academically. <laughs> and, uh, and I saw her, you know, struggle initially till she got her beat and her rhythm. And then I kind of looked at a friend circle and it was the same story. And I'm saying, okay, this is not good. We are not teaching kids life skills, whether they are in high school and the pressure starts in high school, right? Yeah. This whole, this whole race to colleges. And then when you're in college, the next race begins. How do you help them, you know, inculcate the life skills that they need, which I know at my age are so critical to success and longevity and all that we work for. And that became the, you know, my motivation and a, my, a very personalized journey to start my first venture. And then during the pandemic, when my mom was by herself and we couldn't visit her, she was in a building locked in with a caregiver. 
that was the beginning of my second, you know, venture. You know, so those are very personally driven, not my experience, you know, personally, but my daughters and then, you know, my moms that inspired me to kind of get into this. I love it. I think you know, one of the things that's interesting, you mentioned the the journey into education, right? And the stress kind of starts in high school for a lot of folks. I I remember, I mean, it was a while ago, but I remember having such a focus on grades, almost to the point where it didn't matter what I was learning. And I remember making a shift in college where I said, what if I just, you know, try to focus on things that I think are interesting in the material and not worry about what grade I get. And the funny thing was to be nice. I wound up actually doing better that way yeah. than when I was just yeah. so like, oh, we got to get, you know, 95 or 94% up. That's yeah. an A. Uh, yeah. I just think it's this pressure cooker that we, we put our kids through that maybe has unintended consequences we don't want. It does have. I mean, I've yeah. seen it. I have seen it in my kids, you know, unintended consequences. And you have to always, you know, and being an Indian parent, you know how obsessed we are. <laughs> I, I've witnessed with, this, yes, in my in my household. Yes, I've witnessed this. <laughs> with education and that's all we can give you as a legacy and that is it, etc. So again, as my daughter was my guinea pig, but in my son's case, I was I've been more relaxed. And I see the difference in their personalities. I see the difference in how they um, they interact with life in general. You know, there's a direct connection. And I think we need to teach them life skills uh, of saying this is balanced. And wherever you will land, you were meant to land there. That's my spirituality speaking, right? Nice. <laughs> well, that actually is a great segue. You know, thinking about managing stress and anxiety. One of the things, you know, you, you've created companies, been, this, been in the top role at those companies, had a lot of leadership roles. How do you, you know, deal with those pressures? Because I think there are moments for me where I come home and I talk to my wife, Preeti, and she says, how was your day? And I go, oh man, I don't know if I really want to, do we want to unload everything that's been going on? So there are moments, right, that we all have, I think, in these roles. How do you, how have you learned to deal with those pressures? I look at that in two ways, who you are as a person and how, how much you talk about yourself. And I'm one of those people, I don't talk a lot about myself. So, and my partner, my husband, loves to talk about himself. So Balance. <laughs> so three decades back when we got married, um, we both had high pressure jobs growing in our careers, but I was a listening partner. And therefore that, that, has, that has been me. But, you know, initially when you're young, you think you can manage everything. Like, you know, you don't understand, you've not been trained to de-stress or think about, is this really stress? You don't even know what stress is, right? Because it has so many different shades. I felt stressed the first time when my daughter was born. I don't know what you guys are going through, <laughs> but, but it's like managing a job, a household, you know, no help. You're relying on strangers to take care of your baby yep. and your careers are taking off. And that was the first time in my life I actually saw stress and I had no out. I had to go through that. You know, there comes a time when you start filtering stuff in. So what has helped me is my spirituality. I always make time to think, to read, to pray. And I'm not a very religious person, uh, overly religious, I would say, but that's my path to religion, you know, spirituality, if you will. And over the last um, four years, I've begun meditating a lot. Nice. And and thank you to a fellow entrepreneur in Minnesota who was in my lunar cohort. I use her meditation app called Peach Mindfulness. Wow, very I nice. I love I love it and I, I am 
I maybe they've grandfathered me into it. I don't pay any money for her to her because I was one of the first try. You know <laughs> somebody, yeah. <laughs> I know somebody, but amazing. It's 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 so you know um, walks are very meditative for me. So I have found a balance in terms of saying what really I don't have a lot of time as most of us, right? So what is that one thing you can commit to that you will that you miss if you don't do it? But that doesn't come easy. You know, you have to really practice it and commit to it before it becomes a habit. And you know, you know the spiel, like you know, everybody knows that. <laughs> but as you are, so yeah, so the four or five thing that helped me is reading. I read a lot. Nice. And I have I picked up reading five years back when the when I began using my Kindle. My reading has gone up exponentially. Fantastic. Um, meditation every morning as much as I can do, uh, as many days, but sometimes I'm traveling, so I can't, uh, walks, San Francisco and the lakes in Minneapolis were great. I, they just liberate me. No, nothing in my head, but just myself and <laughs> the nature, whatever, and people. Uh, and yeah, and that's kept me, um, you know, that keeps me sane. And yeah, I do exercise. I, I am a big exercise person. And I will go all out, but that does, that's stressful <laughs> Exercise. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because no. that's about, okay, I have to get my, you know, I have to stay healthy and longer. And that's more from stress, not from <laughs> relaxation. I think exercise can be really relaxing, but again, it depends on the workout you're doing and how intensely you are doing yeah. it. Certainly if you're, you're trying to have a, a de-stress moment, you don't want to be, you know, anxiously thinking about the next rep or the next thing you're doing, that that won't be helping. Exactly. That's what I do. Because I have, this is, I have an hour. I have to max out in this hour. And you know, Sean, you and I have talked about it in the past when, you know, in the city life context and then the yeah. better you context is that to make time. Yeah. And every, because, because you are so much in the go, 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 your calendar is the keeper of your life. And if you don't have, you don't make time, it, nothing ever happens. Your love life doesn't happen. Your kids don't get your time. Nobody gets time, including yourself. And I've come to depend on my calendar so heavily that I all my personal stuff, like all of this, is also on the on my calendar. So I, you know, I may shift the time, but I will get it done because it's important. Well, one of the things you also you know touched on a little bit there, right? You've got these habits that you've built into your routine. One of the things that I think about is this idea of habit stacking where it's easier for me to incorporate a new habit on top of something I already do every day. It's yeah. easier for me to floss a tooth after I brush my teeth if I'm already brushing my teeth because suddenly just seeing my toothbrush reminds me I should floss today. Are you incorporating that idea of habit stacking into any of these new habits you've been building? It's a little bit different combination. So I meditate 20, 30 minutes every morning. Amazing. But then, uh, but I am also a caffeine drinker. So I just started with a cup of tea and then meditate. Ah. And I've reversed the order, but I've also reversed the order to opt for uh, Ayurvedic tea and herbal tea versus okay. a ca caffeinated tea, oh, right? Nice. So I'm thinking that if I'm cleansing my mind, what what is it that first thing in the morning I can do to cleanse my body too? So I will meditate and then I will have this herbal tea and uh, and then I can go to my caffeine. I, <laughs> I get my caffeine fixed, but that's how I am stacking habits the other piece that I'm doing, which I don't know whether it's the right thing to do, but is 
for my walks, like I was saying, I never used to put anything in my ears. I used to mm. love the sounds around me and nature. really nature and connect with the world outside because I'm sitting in an office space or, you know, in my home office every day. Uh, but I have begun to listen to podcasts Yeah, and I am addicted to a couple of them. So like Jay Shetty for it. So that's another habit, right? So spirituality, meditation, Jay Shetty, health and wellness. <laughs> so um, that's just, I don't know when that's you truly call stacking, but but I, I call it stacking. <laughs> it's well, it's the prompt. I'm going for a walk. Now that I'm on a walk, I remember to put on my podcast and listen. I do the same thing with audiobooks. I think that's a great way to yeah. get some exercise and, you know, get a little bit of learning in as well. And also sometimes calling, getting, catching up with friends, you know, like you haven't spoken to because that's the only free time you get to connect. Otherwise, you're always on calls for work, right? Like eight to four is run, 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 go, 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 right? And I have multiple organizations that I'm engaged in, including all the other personal stuff. So yeah, that's, so that's my walk time. I love my walks because I'm doing this uphill, downhill in Frisco or, you know, uh, around the lakes in Minneapolis. But apart, you know, the choices are, do I stack a podcast, a phone call to a friend, my mom? Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing that for a long, long time. I, I call hmm. it the, the double dip where I'm doing two things at once because you can walk yeah. and do other things fairly productively. Unlike a lot of other things where multitasking takes you down, you know, a path yeah. you don't want to be on. Yeah. But what was interesting is now lately I found myself doing it less and just being more present around nature and other things. Yeah. And I find it's actually, it's a pretty liberating experience just it to is. experience the sounds or the sights, leaves changing color. You're just more aware of what's going on. When you're only doing that thing. And you also hear yourself think, Sean. You know, my yeah. best ideas come on those. Yeah. And clarity comes on those walks because you are unplugged. And so 90% of my walks are unplugged. Only 10% are stacked up with one of these, you know, two podcasters. But I can actually hear myself think. Otherwise, you are, like I said, you know, in, the, in a room with people all day, whether it's your family or your work people or whoever it is, right? Taking time for yourself, even in, in the morning, right? You mentioned kind of starting yeah. your day off well by going with the, the uncaffeinated beverages in the morning. <laughs> yes. it, it reminds me of another habit that I, I used to have, which was a bad habit where I would get up in the morning and I would turn off my phone alarm and I'd mm. be hit with a bunch of notifications. Yeah. And instead of taking 10 minutes and thinking, what do I want to accomplish today? What would make today a win? I am in triage mode, responding to texts and emails as if somehow the most important thing in my day was something I missed while I was asleep. And so I think that, that how you start your day, that hygiene, oh, that's such an important call out, Sabina. I I do the same thing because, you know, what I tell my husband is that he has this habit of moment the phone, he wakes up, his phone is on. And I said, oh my God, before you even open up your eyes, I read this quote, it's not my quote, that you invited the whole world into the bedroom. Like even before your day has started, like what? And why? Even yeah. news and why, you know, and why? Just take those first 10 minutes to just focus and breathe and connect with the world instead of the, inviting the world into your room. So I love that. I think that's, that is so precious. I love also, Sean, what you do. I forget to call people and you are so good about reaching out. I love those texts from you. I don't know how you do it, but there's better you. <laughs> I, I have an app. I have an unfair advantage. Our, our app does assist me with some of these. I can't take full credit. but And you are not being fair to us. You are not opening it up to consumers who may want to and will benefit from this app. 
<laughs> oh man. Now I'm in the hot seat. I don't like that. Okay. <laughs> Shifting gears a little bit back to project success. One of the things that I'm curious about is when we think about setting up our youth, right, for that next phase, making them more, you know, acclimated. How do we set them up in a holistic way, not just for professional and career success, but also around some of these mental health, social health elements that we've been talking about? Yeah, so I'll talk about both project success and Smart North because a model of, um, you know, uh, it, it is a totally a holistic approach. So what project success, answering that question, first, what really I admire about what, they, what they've done, and it's a 30-year-old organization, they go into the schools, they are sitting with the kids, they take them out. So they're giving them exposure to life outside of school. So they do excursions, they take them to D.C., they've even taken them abroad. They'll stay in good hotels, good food. So the exposure kids are getting is at an elevated level. And that gives them the taste of success of what the world outside is around. Because a lot of the kids they cater to and, you know, Smart North caters to does, does not come from that context. And then it's about guidance and mentorship and somebody being there for you along the path till you get to a place where you think you're now you're on your own. Um, so I love that about project success. Um, and then of course, they're expanding the services constantly. In Smart North, um, the tech hub is a tech hub, but we have four components. So this tech hub is a, the training part connected to career pathways, internships, all of that. But the two adjacent parts are one about wellness. <laughs> it is called the wellness hub where we have, um, we, we address things like food. Lots of kids don't have, there's a food desert. And we know that the food insecurity in underserved community is huge. A clothing, uh, mental health, all our staff is trained in social emotional skill sets and they are mentoring and they are with these kids and, you know, broader exposures and experiences, you know, that we are providing and a partnership with industries, like, you know, industry partners. So all our curriculum is actually delivered by industry partners, entrepreneurs. So you are next on my list and we'll have that chat separately. <laughs> but in the area of, of you know, uh, of tech, but the last piece is what excites me is the giving back part, which is saying, how do we take these youth that we are training or women that we will train in the future and convert them into change agents for their communities that they go back and raise the tech literacy levels of, of the small businesses, their families, their community. And that's a muscle we still have to build, but that's a part of the construct. So what you're doing is you're saying if you're the recipient of something good, pay it forward. Pass it on. I like it. And that idea of creating the the change agent, it makes such a huge difference yeah. when you see someone like you doing this thing that maybe you didn't know was an option or yes. you know, I didn't know an AI engineer was a job or a skill yes. set that I'm interested in, but seeing this person do it and the smile on their face and their stories, it gets me excited to want to learn too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So there's a lot of good work happening, you know, and one of my other missions is how do we connect the dots? Like there's so many good organizations in Minnesota itself who are working with women and kids, um, but it's kind of disjointed and we are doing similar stuff. And how do we connect the dots? So my philosophy has been, how do we connect this corridors of learning for, for the youth and not splinter them and replicate some of them because resources are limited. And how can we do this collectively and uh, complementarily? I love it. Sabina, this has been great. We've had an awesome convo. I've got three last questions for you. The first one is, what does wellness mean to you? To me, 
you know, wellness is when you are in sync with yourself, really. I have really learned a lot through my meditation practice. It's not a lot. I'm not a big meditator. I'm not a very practiced meditator. But the one thing that I've taken away and I think is a sense of wellness is how in sync and in tune with you are with yourself, mind and body, mind and body, both. And what matters to you? And that has been my journey also in wellness is really discovering who am I at the very core. Yeah, I'm a corporate person. Yeah, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. But who is Sabina at her core? And how does she engage with the world knowing who she is? And that's, that's, a, that's my wellness definition. That's awesome. That's a great definition. Given that, what's one tip that you recommend to our listeners that could help them improve their wellness? Uh, the other aspect of wellness is practice, right? Whatever you choose your wellness path to be and however you define, define something. It could be wrong and you will evolve and it's a journey. You know, it's not a, it's not a destination, um, but it's a journey. So however you define your wellness, practice it because that's what's going to really make you well. <laughs> we are not what we do once in a while, but that which we choose to do every day. I, I love it. That makes it all the difference. Where can people follow you to learn more about your journey or the organizations that we've talked about today, Project Success, Smart North? Um, we all have, we have websites and we have LinkedIn pages. So it's smartnorth.org and then projectsuccess.org and then Towerside Innovation District, which is towersidemsp.org. So there are three websites, go into them and my email, sabina at smartnorth.org. Reach out. I'm on LinkedIn. If you want to know more of any of, about any of these organizations and want to get connected. Very cool, Sabine. Well, thanks so much for stopping by and sharing your story. It's been awesome to connect here today. Anything for you, Sean. And it was my pleasure. Exciting. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for tuning in to the Better You Podcast. If you're interested in continuing your journey to improve health and wellness, learn more at betteryou.ai.